Hey guys, does capitalism have you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Then we invite you to be a part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things. Welcome to episode 49 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less. I'm your host, Courtney, and this week I had an appropriate work week. <laughs> wow, I feel like we haven't heard that in such a long time from you. That's so crazy. <laughs> so happy to hear that. Um, I am Lydia, and this week I climbed 39 flights of stairs <laughs> oh, to get no. to a party that was just okay. <laughs> Oh no, there was yeah. no elevator? It was so rough. The elevator was just one of those elevators where, because it was in the city, and I guess, you know, somehow we managed to get in without a buzzer, but they had nice. the elevator <laughs> where, like, I know, and we were like, okay, this is like downtown Toronto. It's kind of weird that you could get in without a buzzer, but where they get you is the elevator. You get into the oh. elevator and you click the buttons, and you can't get to any floor unless you have a clicker. So. We were just like shit out of luck. And then eventually this guy was like, oh, are you guys like stuck or whatever? And we were like, yeah, we have to get to the 39th floor. And like, you know, we don't have a buzzer. And her friend wasn't picking up. It was this whole thing. And then he was like, okay, okay, well, I live on the sixth floor. And we were like, okay. So he just took us up to the sixth floor. He tried to take (laughs) us up to the 39th, but it wasn't working. And then we got out of the elevator and we start climbing the stairs. And let me tell you, it reminded me so much of this, like, stupid thing me and Courtney used to do called the Dunton That's, Tower Challenge. This is the first thing that came to my brain when you said you climbed 39 flights. I was like, oh, oh, was it? Oh, but <laughs> not that fun. No, no, we didn't have any alcohol on us. So we were just, like, sober and just, like, trudging up these freaking stairs. It was getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And Aww. I was being reminded of, like, my, of like our times in the Dunton Tower where they're like, just to, just to give you guys a little bit of background, yeah. if you live in Ottawa um, or if you go to Carleton University, this is getting very site-specific, there is this tower. There's this building called the Dunton Tower. And fun fact about Carleton is that because it's on a hill, the Dunton mm-hmm. Tower is actually the tallest building in all of Ottawa. And because Ottawa's tiny, <laughs> <It's> a tiny, <laughs> it's tiny little city. really easy. <laughs> Yeah, not hard to be the tallest. Yeah, like maybe there's some taller ones or maybe they're the same height or something like that, but we're on a hill. So we have that mm. extra like elevation to Got really advantage. boost this up over the top. Yeah. So it was so cool to like go to the top of Denton Tower and be like, ah, we're in the tallest point in all of Ottawa. <laughs> Fuck man, Ottawa's so lame. <laughs> so then, so they turned it into, if someone told us about this epic drinking game where um, every flight of stairs you get up, you drink. So... <laughs> Me and Courtney would do it with our friends and we would just like get fucked up. Oh, it was there were a, a good lot time. of flights. I think there was like 27. Wait, <laughs> there, there were 40. 40. I don't know. I don't know. I probably have pictures from the top. Of us and yeah. To the top. Yeah. And it was so cool too because once we got to the top, I remember the first time we did it. Like once we get to the. Actually, I don't. Did we do it together the first time? Or I don't remember. Whatever. No, the point is that we got to the top. And there's, like, a bunch of graffiti and, and like, people signed. signed the top of the Dunton Tower. Yeah, it was so cool. They signed the top and they're like, yeah, like, we completed the Dunton Tower Challenge. And it was just such a cool moment because we were like, oh, we thought we were sick for doing this. But it was a tradition among Carleton students yeah. to do this challenge with their friends. And, like, no one was in the stairwell of Dunton Tower on, like, a Saturday night. And if you have, key, if you have like, your student card, then you can get in through the tunnels. So you don't even need mm-hmm. to go through the outside because the buildings are normally locked. And we had secret access to the Dunton yeah. Tower being students living in residence. It was so awesome. Good. It was, like, the best part of living in Ottawa, probably. <laughs> and people would, like, write on the walls as you go up, like, yeah. that they didn't make it or, like, <laughs> stop, turn around. Turn around, turn back. Yeah, it was so cute. Was and then fun. there was, like, non-smoking signs and, like, I think we have a photo in front of one of the non-smoking signs and it's like instead of saying no smoking it's like now smoke or something like that like people just people just like graffiti the shit out of it but it was such a, it was just so cool it was just like a really community experience it like really brought yeah. you together with the alumni with like yeah. students of the past like it's just so it's it was just cute it was just a, it's really a fun cute memory moment. Yeah. 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 So that's but what this it kind weekend of was not. Me. No, it was really hard. <laughs> Less fun. Like, I'm kind of in shape, but not that in shape. We had to take breaks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if anyone would be able to do 39 <laughs> flights of stairs without a it break. Was Holy crazy. Geez. Oh, it was so crazy. Yeah, we had oh, to I'm take so sorry. breaks. It was rough. I was like sweating by the time we got there. It was a whole thing. And then the party wasn't even that fun. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Did you yeah. have to take the stairs back down? No, we took the elevator. <laughs> Someone, oh. someone walked us down. <laughs> oh, God. that was nice of them, finally. <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> Someone's coming through for us, geez. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. I was like, thank God. But, yeah. Uh, tell us about your uh, work week. Living a good life. Yeah. Kind of boring. But <laughs> I, had, I had an appropriate work week, which is strange for me because, like, um, for a very long time, I've been working in jobs that completely suck the life out of me slash yes. cause me really bad anxiety that I absolutely hate, that make me hate my life, that, like, get, like, anxiety attacks before I go, even though I'm, like, working from home. And mm. as you guys know, I quit that job and I got another job and the job is just good. It's just nice. Oh, like, so great. No anxiety tax is like chill work, you know, mm-hmm. they compensate well and fairly. They don't treat you like it's a fucking cult. They're like aware that <laughs> it's just it's a job. Like, yeah, it's just a job. Mm-hmm. And they're aware of like mental health and they don't micromanage. Like they're not keeping track of where you are all the time, what you're doing, like how fast you're going through things. Like they're just Ugh. like, go do your thing. I'm sure she's off doing her thing somewhere. And like, <laughs> they trust no you. One, they really yeah, they trust, trust me just yeah. to go and do my thing. And no one's like checking in on me and stuff like that. So it was nice. Yeah. It was nice. I spent the work week from my couch with my cats um, just working. And it was good. It, my life is so much improved than not having added anxiety from work. I'm so, so happy for you. It's, it's I'm so here to tell to you all that there, it is possible. It's possible Aww. under capitalism to not completely hate your life. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's still a job and it's still, like, I'd rather be doing a lot of other things with my time, but mm-hmm. it doesn't add stress to my life. Yes, so. exactly. Exactly. That's I a pro. That. that is definitely a positive. There are some people who are motivated by things, like, maybe other than money, you know? Like, they're like, money yeah. is a part of this job, and that's probably why you're all here. But also, you're people. Yeah. <laughs> <Those> people. <laughs> Whoa! You know, just in the machine. What an idea! In the trenches of capitalism. My God, we're <laughs> human beings. Yeah, uh, they treat you well. We don't want to dedicate our lives mm-hmm. to the business. What? Yeah, yeah, revolutionary thoughts. So ridiculous. This is why you don't work retail. They just don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Customer service. Yeah, Mm-mm, customer don't service. Do mm. <sighs> Customers do can be the worst, eh? And just and in it's time, relevant. Too, it's Black experience. Friday today. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I got out of there before Black Friday. Dude. I'm just going to out the company that I was working for. I was working for Lululemon. I was working customer service for Lululemon. I'm (laughs) going to do an opinion (laughs) about Lululemon soon. Um, Because, like, in general, I think it is a toxic workplace. And Mm. it's not fun. Mm -hmm. But, you know what? We'll get into that another day. That's a whole other thing. That's who I was working for. It sucked. Um, I have a different job now that I enjoy, and that's Yay. relevant work experience for me and my group. Oh, that's so a whole other thing, we too, the relevant work experience. Yeah. Good. Yes. We're straight chilling. I love that. I love to hear it. All right. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and with that, um, I guess I'll move into my opinion for this week. Okay, sounds good. All right, guys. So, this week, I wanted to talk about something that has been really real in my life lately and that I'm sure we've all experienced at some point, especially at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, and that is panic buying. Oh, um, yes. Panic yes. buying. Panic uh, buying. Yes. Oh, and basically, so examples come to the mind. <laughs> overall opinion that I have is that panic buying, like, reveals true human nature and how oh. fragile the system that we created is. Oh. Um, but I will get into the fruit of the opinion a little bit later. (laughs) Um, But I'm sure everyone knows this week, which is going to be three weeks ago for everyone listening, Mm -hmm. um, BC had got hit by a really bad storm and had massive flooding, uh, which wiped out most of our highways. Yeah. Just a little bit of context. So we were completely, not only like in Victoria, we didn't get hit that bad. We didn't get that much like flooding. Most people were okay here. Mm -hmm. But not only is BC cut off from the rest of Canada, we as (laughs) Victoria are also cut off from the rest of the island. Like all of our highways around us got uh, washed out. So we're just kind of like stuck in Victoria, which is fine. Fine place to be. There are worse places to be stuck. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) So... 
yes, we had massive flooding. We got cut off. And within 24 hours of getting washed out, the highways getting washed out, our gas stations on the island were out of gas. And uh, in the interior of BC, um, grocery stores were also emptied within 24 hours. Oh my Which god. Absolutely crazy. And like, first of all, the gas thing confuses the heck out of me because like, I understand food. I get why people need, need food. You need to eat. For totally sure. makes sense. Gas, like, where the fuck are you going? That was Our highways are gone. <laughs> <laughs> you can only be in Victoria. Like, as long oh as you have god. enough to get to the grocery store and to go to work if you're still working in the office, yeah. like, you're good. You're, you don't well, need to fuel up for a cross-country road trip, guys. <laughs> you're <laughs> you not going leave. anywhere. <laughs> and, like, the ferry stopped running, too, so it's not even like you could oh, get to the mainland. Shit. Oh, my so, god. Yeah, just general confusion about that one. Yeah. Why do you Where need a full were they tank? Going? What were they what were they gonna do with it? Why do you need a full tank? That's a great question. And it's like a full tank is what, like five hundred kilometers? Guys. Yeah, even if you want to go to the grocery store, they were emptied out within twenty four hours. Like you don't have Yeah. You need to I wait mean, anyways for ours, the food. Ours weren't emptied out. People didn't panic yeah. by food in Victoria, but they did in the interior. Mm-hmm. Um but I think they ran out of gas at the interior as well. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, Victoria is like maybe fourteen kilometer radius. Um Right. You could You don't need five hundred kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> Everything takes eight minutes to drive to. You're fine. Oh my you, god. You're fine. So You're literally fine. What the hell? That's yeah, that's pretty crazy looking <laughs> looking back on that situation. <laughs> like <laughs> absolutely wild. Wow. Hmm. I wonder what was going through their heads. Yeah. I will get into the psychology of it a little bit. So Wikipedia defines panic buying as when consumers buy unusually large amounts of products Mm -hmm. in anticipation of a disaster or Mm -hmm. of um, shortages or price increases as a result of a disaster. And they say that panic buying is influenced by four things. Um, So the first thing is individuals' perceptions of the threat of a crisis and the scarcity of products. The fear of the unknown is the second one. Mm. The third one is as a coping behavior. Um, So which views panic buying as a venue to relieve anxiety and regain control over a stressful situation. It's like retail therapy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In like a weird way. Buying things that aren't fun, like food. Like Mm, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're buying like shoes every time you get a bad credit card (laughs) bill or something like that. (laughs) Um, And then the fourth one is social psychological factors, which influence um, like the social network of individuals. Because basically, panic buying is a herd behavior. And the ironic thing is that panic buying is something that happens when people are scared of a shortage but panic buying is what creates a shortage <laughs> so it's an endless it turns a very real it turns a fear into a very real situation which yeah. actually makes the panic buying worse that you're just a part of the problem like yeah you're not, like you, you're you created out, this. but you're creating that's the manifestation they manifested <laughs> yeah. it to happen literally, literally there was no shortage now there is and now suddenly you're like holy shit what if there's gonna be a shortage directly contributing to the sort shortage yeah. my guy now there is now yeah. there is one <laughs> congratulations oh my god like what are you gonna do with all that stuff too it's like i know and it's always like completely irrational last. stuff it's yeah. always just like 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 the toilet paper thing the, the covid 19 toilet paper they're like out of all the things in the grocery store if i thought grocery stores were gonna close or be emptied toilet paper is literally the last thing that yeah. i would buy like canned I goods do non-perishables mm-hmm. food water <laughs> so important many important things, things. like your things. butt will be okay guys <laughs> you won't die without yeah, toilet paper you will die without the other things in the grocery store oh my so gosh. i never understood that so yeah it's always yeah. like very irrational and like confusing items that people yeah, buy but it's just because no it was, correlation I, someone else saw someone else buying like eight packs of toilet paper and they're like holy <laughs> shit oh my god yeah out of toilet paper like it, you know it started yes. in like one grocery store and then someone tweeted about it and then they were like i need to be panic buying toilet paper oh my god <laughs> i gotta get on that like it's just it is such a group mentality i totally get that it's a herd everyone's like gotta yeah. follow the herd gotta follow everyone else buying toilet paper 
and that's the thing like it, it all it takes is one person and then yeah. the mentality like spreads so rapidly because you're in the grocery store and then you see somebody else panic buying something and then suddenly you get scared that there's going to be none left for you yeah. and then so you start panic buying and then that happens to the next person that they see you doing it and then they start doing it um and then yeah <laughs> oh, it creates a whole thing and this is i think where the market economy starts to backfire on us not the only place. I think it's always backfiring on us, but particularly in this situation, um, because due to scarcity as an item becomes more scarce, the prices go up. Like that's how our economy works. Yes. yes. And then when prices start to go up, it creates like anxiety and panic in people because that price increase like signals to you that that thing is running out because that's oh, how our economy works. And then yeah. that also like fuels the panic buying where people start like dishing out ridiculous amounts of money right. to buy this thing. Cause they're like, Oh, it's so expensive. There's only a few left. Mm-hmm. And that like, was during... the thing with hand sanitizer too. Yeah. Yeah. The price, price gouging, they had to like put a law on it cause people were reselling it for so much. Right. And yeah. um, face masks as well. People were reselling them on eBay for like a hundred dollars. Oh, come on. For face That's masks. That's so rude. That's honestly yeah. fucking rude. Like it's a pandemic. We're supposed <laughs> to be all in it together. Like, that's so that's so crazy. I feel like this is like the only time in history where instead of people coming together during a pandemic, we just went against each other. It's not, though. It's not <laughs> it the isn't? only example. No, this oh. happens in most disaster situations. And that's why I think that like um, panic buying and disasters reveal a lot about human nature mm-hmm. because... People directly before like, it we're like oh we're all in this together like community sure. love you guys love thy neighbor you know all of that yeah. shit and then <laughs> um a disaster comes and it's like everyone for themselves yeah Everyone's like no like, one trusts i don't give a to have fuck if you have food like i'm gonna go and buy 58 cans of beans <laughs> that i will never consume yeah but like i need this Wow. When in reality, like, just take what you need. Make sure there's enough left over for other people. It would like trust in the society, man, that we know everyone's just like in competition still to. Yeah. Outlive each other, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, wow. Sad. Um, And there's been like a couple of psychologists that have like written books and stuff on. not on, like, specifically panic buying, but the psychology of, like, pandemics and, of course, panic buying comes into that. And so they say that there's, like, a big difference between panic buying and legitimate preparation. So in cases oh, of legitimate preparation, yes. um, so, for example, like, hurricanes and storms and stuff like that, people often know how much they'll need and they buy rationally. So they're going to buy enough to survive for a few days, to survive for you know, a week, they're going to buy some canned goods and some water, you know? Yeah. Also, it's very rational like and calculated. Yeah. That could have something to do with, um, like, I don't know if this is a stereotype or not, but, like, a lot of people have, like, storm bunkers and, like, yeah. little places that they can survive in. Or, like, in The Wizard of Oz, they had, like, that weird, like, cellar where she was <laughs> in and stuff like that. And, like, there's not a lot of space in there. So you mm-hmm. have to think really logically and rationally about where you're going to put everything plus like the people that you have with you so maybe that could have something to do with like buying only really what you need is because like you only have so much shelf space in your storm bunker (laughs) and i think people are also aware of the fact that like things that you need in an emergency are not things that you're going to consume after the emergency like yeah people don't eat that many like non-perishable and canned goods in the day-to-day just because like there's Mm -hmm. fresher food available so Mm -hmm. once the disaster is over like if you buy 58 cans of beans like what are you gonna do with them but if the disaster isn't over then the new currency is beans (laughs) beans (laughs) (laughs) i understand i totally get this panic buying thing because it's like it's like if you think that everyone is for themselves then Mm -hmm. you probably also assume that no other province in Canada is going to come help you and going to come save yeah. you, right? And so you're not going to get airdropped any more, like, food or any more beans like or anything like that. <laughs> that's and the just other thing that, that like, like blew it. my mind. Like, there are other forms of transportation yeah. than <laughs> Planes are cars. <laughs> We're literally on the ocean, guys. <laughs> not even planes. Like, there's boats. We can still... Yeah. That's how gas got to Victoria. Boats. Boats. 
and we have gas now our highways aren't fixed but we have gas like we're okay and so it's yeah it's just completely irrational fears and (laughs) that's funny yeah and like yeah people will come help you you know gas yeah yeah people are definitely gonna try to come help you like as much as you think in your head that it's like an every man for themselves yeah it's not we got you got the rest of canada you know yeah exactly i was cut off (laughs) i was in the yukon a couple summers ago and they were telling us like everyone was talking about this one event that happened where there's one highway into the yukon kind of similarly to the situation that happened with bc Mm -hmm. and one year it got wiped out by like an avalanche or something like that and within 24 hours the grocery stores got cleared out because everyone started to panic that food couldn't get to us and literally like the next day the canadian like military dropped off food and like everything was fine there's food in the grocery stores again and everyone's (laughs) like oh wow now i have like this excess amount of food that i don't need yeah 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 and like everything was okay it's gonna be fine like you're not gonna get completely abandoned by everybody Um, where was I? Ah, yes. So that is rational. <laughs> There's a difference between rational buying and um, preparation. So preparation right. and panic buying. Yeah. So panic buying is basically the irrational expression of preparation and it's usually seen when there's some type of uncertainty to the situation so like with a hurricane you kind of know what's going to happen you know how long it's going to be there mm-hmm. and you know an approximate timeline of like if you get cut off how long you're going to need to survive for you know yeah like maybe yeah. a week like people will get to you once the storm is over everything's okay but then with like covid and pandemics and stuff like that there's a lot of uncertainty as to how long the situation is going to go on for which mm-hmm. we all know because still it is 2021 and we're still here <laughs> it's still a pandemic yeah um so yeah when there's uncertainty it leads to more panic buying um and psychologist steven taylor says it all comes down to anxiety um and panic buying is basically a way to deal with emotional pressure mm-hmm. um another psychologist points to um loss aversion (laughs) which is basically that losing a hundred dollars the idea of it is that losing a hundred dollars feels better than winning a hundred dollars so like if we later realize that we needed toilet paper and we didn't buy it when we had the opportunity it's gonna feel worse than just having it and not needing it yeah okay so it's avoiding that feeling of like ooh, like regret that i didn't buy it totally totally it's like you'd rather have that survival than that ten dollars like what good is money to you when you really need beans (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that makes sense i had somebody um like a coach in my life that used to always say to us, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. I live my life by that mentality. Like, I think that's relevant in every single situation ever. Totally. That, totally. that like, if I'm going out, I bring a jacket because I'm like, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Like, it yeah. just applies to everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that also applies here. And humans also believe... <laughs> it's a dangerous believe... mentality. <laughs> it is a dangerous mentality. Use it sparingly. Um, Use it wisely. Humans also, like, believe that a dramatic event must come with a dramatic response. And I think this is kind kind of where like a little bit of our domestication like kind of comes in and there's a little bit of conflict here between the domestic lives that we live and like our instincts because mm-hmm. in reality the way to protect ourselves from covid was to wash our hands mm-hmm. not touch your face like these were very underwhelming solutions to this <laughs> huge stressful event that was happening in our lives so mm-hmm. i think that a lot of people like had that instinct that to this huge amount of stress you need to react with a huge amount of stress because that's like the survival instinct Mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of how the panic buying kind of played into all of that because we were like oh my god gotta fight for our lives and like this is the only way that we know how to in like this very domestic life that we live is just to i don't know go out and go crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) preparing yourself for millions of years of domesticness like the grocery Mm. stores were fine yeah they were totally there was okay. never an issue mm-hmm. <laughs> with the gro- mm-hmm. with anything really the, what created the issue was the panic buying yeah um, so and yeah i think it's stuff and you had to wait for the next week's shipment or whatever but it's not like they changed anything major about like how much food they were shipping how much yeah, like this they were shipping and stuff like that like <laughs> everything <was> <laughs> yeah 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 you know like in the wild it's something's chasing you you gotta run mm-hmm. in our domestic lives it's like go home 
somebody else will protect you. So I think <laughs> it's our instincts just like trying to find somewhere, like an outlet. And yeah. that is the panic yeah. buying. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. And so I also have like a couple of examples of other instances of panic buying. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Texas in 2017, people started panic buying fuel before Hurricane, before Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ended up creating a two-year high in fuel prices. Oh, So for the shit. next two years, what? they were trying to recover from it, which has <laughs> terrified me, yeah. who is currently going through this, that fuel prices are going to be high for two years How after this. How the fuck did they manage that? That's it's crazy. <laughs> like, they bought so much gas that they were like, we can't possibly. They had to pay it back. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Oh, my God. Um, in During Y2K, people, which is when people thought that, like, the computers turning to zero, 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 zero yeah, would, would like, crash the it. global market and right. crash computers. Um, so people started hoarding food and money in this case because they thought that the markets were going to crash. And they started oh. hoarding so much money that the U.S. Treasury was ordered to print an extra $50 billion <laughs> to counteract <laughs> it because people were keeping so much money out of the economy to oh hoard that they had God. to, like, <laughs> pump $50 billion into we're it to keep it alive. we from the amount of, from that inflation of Y2K. Yeah, probably. Fuck. Probably. Y2K really fucked everyone up, apparently. Oh, my God. They were really scared, eh? I know. It's very cool. That's very, I feel very like today, cool. if they like were like, that. oh, the world's going to end in, like, 2022, I feel like everyone would be, like, good. Yeah. The, good. <laughs> the earth no one, will Everyone heal. would be like, okay, yeah, this okay. is fine. This is a natural end. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I saw this TikTok the other day that it was, like, this black hole, like, sucking in the earth. And the caption was, like, what you do in this situation. And someone stitched it and was like, die? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> What's my next step? What would anyone do? (laughs) Nothing. Instant death. We can't save the world at that point. Like, what? I'm not NASA. Like, what? What do you mean? What would I do? Uh, Me. (laughs) Nothing. Um, in 1918 to 1919, during the global influenza pandemic, people panic bought quinine and like other flu remedies. Oh. And the sales of Vicks Vapor Rub increased from $900,000 to $2.9 million <laughs> in that one wow. year because of the panic buying. Wow. Mm-hmm. And like, that's wow. a lot for like 1918 that's... numbers. Yeah, yeah. Is the power also boom. that Vicks Vapor Rub had Guys, on Vicks the world is insane. Is... Yeah, it's mint. That it's a 10 out of 10 shit. thing. They literally haven't changed their formula since like the 1990s. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's that good. Like it works that well, you know? It's just insane that at that I point I wonder if time... kids like still get that. Like if parents still get that for their kids. Because that was like yeah, such an too. institution mm-hmm. of like being sick when I was young. Is like the Vicks. Yeah, same here. Always. I wonder if that's still a thing. If you're young... If you're a kid, <laughs> do you let know us know. Fix vapor rub is. <laughs> um, I hope so. Yeah, me too. It's they stuff, deserve to stay stuff. in business. They, I feel like they're an honest, honest business. They're really just in it to like make you feel better. You know, they yeah. don't make any promises. They're like, it'll clear up your. It's just a mentally rub. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> Uh, in 1985, the arrival of New Coke, which we talked about a few weeks ago, yeah. um, led people to panic buy the original Coke because oh. they thought that New Coke was... Because we talked about how New Coke was awful and nobody yeah. liked it. So everyone just started like panic, panic buying because they the thought that old like Coke that. was going to disappear, but it didn't and everyone was okay. <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola was like, oh, we fucked up. They were like, oh, wait, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a company. Like, if you prove enough that you don't like their product, they will go back. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just have to we annoy hold them all into the power, it. guys. Yeah, exactly. The consumer holds the power. Customer Vote is with your dollar. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in 2008 to 2019, people who had guns panic bought ammunition because they thought Barack Obama's new gun laws would lead to an ammunition shortage. Which doesn't make any sense to me because guns are still very legal in the states. I don't. I don't even know what his gun laws were. What were his gun laws? <laughs> I, 
as a Were Canadian, I no, no. Obama was anti-gun? he was anti-gun. Oh, okay. But doesn't sound like there was a radical change in gun laws. So yes, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. But now people have a lot of ammunition in the states, which scares Great. me. Because <laughs> that's still 2019. Like people still have that stockpile. So yeah, be afraid. Yeah. Of people with guns in the United States. Fantastic. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) And then my last example was the COVID-19 toilet paper instance, but we already uh, covered that one. And also on the Wikipedia page, the BC situation has already made its way onto that list of examples. Mm -hmm. I feel famous. Congratulations. You're a part of something. (laughs) (laughs) You're a part of history. Um, so yeah, basically the whole phenomenon of panic buying and of the experience of like this past week has just revealed to me how fragile our system is because Mm. literally like gas didn't come into Victoria for one day, one day trucks were cut (laughs) off and we were out of gas. There was no gas. And it like, it just makes you realize how the way of life that we're living needs like this constant influx. Like if trucks don't come in for like a few hours things run out and like i'm not used to seeing like empty shelves and stuff like that so when i go into the grocery store it's like really alarming to me and it just like it's stuff that you never think about Mm -hmm. how they're just like constantly supplying these things and it makes me a little bit nervous for the future because like these disasters are only gonna continue and gonna continue getting worse so i feel like humanity and like the life that we've created this like cushy life is just so fragile yeah, it really is. It relies on think, so many outside sources for our survival. And I like the tiniest little stressor to the system, the whole thing collapses. Yeah. Like this, the, the thing that happened in BC wasn't like that big of a stressor, you know? As I said, like we got gas the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it like created this whole like emergency mm-hmm. because of this tiny That's little so stressor. So I think that these like, Uh, disasters that we're having are exposing weak points in our system and i think that we really need to uh change it yeah and um i also think that like as i said it reveals a lot about human nature and a lot about how the second disaster comes it's everyone for itself and what happened to we don't give a shit about anyone yeah (laughs) yeah um when um my partner janaid when he was buying gas this week when there was finally gas in Victoria. And, like, let me tell you, we weren't panic buying. We literally had, like, I think it was less than 10 kilometers range le- <laughs> left on our car. Like, we were really running on fumes at that point. So um, he found gas somewhere in Victoria, and he was lining up, and he almost got physically assaulted by oh, the person in the car behind him because the person in the car behind him thought that he had cut him off, but he, like, didn't. Mm-hmm. And the guy literally, like, got out of the car and started, like, banging on his windows and, like, screaming at him. And so much so that, like, there was an attendant there. They had to have people stationed outside of the gas station oh, as, like, God. security because people were going so crazy over gas. So, like, the attendant had to come over and ask Janae to, like, move to the side. He was like, look, like, I know you were here first, but, like, this guy's literally going to, like, try to kill you. So you need to move to the side and just let him go and just, oh, like, my God. Wow. calm him down. Um, so, yeah, he let him go in front of him and everything was okay. Janae was the last person in line to get gas, which was, Jeez. like, a little lucky. um but yeah people just get like really angry and stop giving a shit about people in an emergency like in an emergent situation which is when people just really need to be nice and like come together and it's gonna be okay yeah it's gonna be okay you'll like survive without gas might be a little rough i have to walk to the grocery store but like (laughs) you'll be be okay yeah um and then like what good is gas when like, let's say the world does, like, collapse and end and then you yeah. don't have anywhere else to go. No one's going to need your gas. Yeah. Like, why do you have so much of it? Like, yeah. no That's one's going to need it. That's what thinking about, like, no... the money thing. Like, hoarding money. If the market economy collapses, like, money means nothing. No yeah. one's going to give a shit that you have a thousand papers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Where's the beans? You got kindling? Show me the beans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it does reveal a um, dark side. Mm-hmm. I think I might become like a casual doomsdayer because oh. <laughs> I've also noticed that I'm not prepared for anything. Okay. Like both when the coronavirus <laughs> foods. No, I don't. I don't like. <laughs> oh, I shit. I literally keep like what I need in the house, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, when both the coronavirus thing happened and when um, this like BC floods thing happened, I like just realized how little I have to survive. I was like, if we were truly cut off from everything, I would last maybe a week and I would be out of food or it would all go bad. Yeah. So I think I just need to like start buying a few things just just in case so I can survive. It's not uh, preparation. Yes. Yes. Preparation. Yes, yeah, I'm going to so start that if preparing it does happen, a little bit You more. won't be out there panic buying and contributing to the problem. I'll be like, I'm good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is a good suggestion for everyone who feels compelled to panic buy when a disaster happens. Start preparing now because mm-hmm. a disaster will happen. That is just <laughs> the reality true. of the situation right now. <laughs> you might as well prepare now and have everything that you need now. Um, and then when the disaster comes around, like everyone can just, if they, everyone who needs something can get something. Yeah. And, and it's not a situation else. where we're stressing out our supply chain. Yeah, exactly. Very nice. Very cool. Panic buy. Don't do it. Don't panic buy. Panic buy all year round. Yes. Preparation <laughs> buy all year round. Preparation buy. Start preparing That's now for the inevitable disaster. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. You're constantly in a state of panic. Yeah. <laughs> Where we are right now. You should panic. be panicking all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Bo Burnham said it best, you know. Yeah. They say the world is ending. Honey, it already did. Mm-hmm. So. It's just coming to prepared. a close right now. We're just riding out that final wave of survive- of living. And somehow we go to work every day. We're like, this is this is how to ride out the wave. Yeah. Yeah. Working. <laughs> okay, okay, anyways. No, we don't need that this morning. We don't need that kind of energy this morning. <laughs> Having a good morning. All right, Lydia. <laughs> Take it away. Okay. guys hi um it's time for the second half of the podcast and um this might be a little bit experimental i just want to warn you from the get-go i will be playing a couple of music clips so hopefully it's gonna go well i don't see any reason why it won't disclaimer they're not ours oh right yeah disclaimer they're not (laughs) ours obviously um (laughs) please don't sue us no no we're gonna be fine it's fine we yeah we're gonna be totally okay um yeah, this is just like a commentary type of situation. I'm not like using your music to make money, you know? I'm just talking about your art. Yeah, if you are listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's just for the fun of it, goddammit. It's not like I'm like releasing an album. Like I'm pretty sure someone did this with Kanye's album where they released his entire album as a Spotify as like a podcast. And then Spotify just like deleted it. Because they were like, This is not it, Chief. And that's how one of I don't even um, understand why you would do that. But okay. a, what's his call? What's his name? Frank Ocean has an entire like album on podcasts because he completely ripped off other people's music. Like he has Hotel California is the background track for this one song and he just like raps over it and stuff like that. But he got away <laughs> with it because it's on a podcast and he's not making any money off of it. Cool, right? Oh, that is cool. Okay. Yeah. So we're safe. Um, you feel better, at least. Frank Ocean for our sake. Yeah, exactly. And Frank Ocean is like mm-hmm. Frank Ocean, you know? We're yeah, just very yeah. unimportant So if people. they come after us, we're going to be like, you got to get him first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throw him under the bus. <laughs> um, so this week, I want to talk to you guys about a phenomenon, maybe. An epithet is the word Ooh. that I come to the conclusion of at the end. Um, oh, wow. So... We all know this bitch named Becky, right? Becky. Oh my god, Becky. Look at her butt. I'm sure Becky is a very nice person. Of course. She's yeah. got to be super sweet, maybe. But she's so popular. Has anybody else noticed recently how often we talk about Becky in pop culture, in music, in just like everything kind of it's like she used to be like the karen like you know how now people are like oh you're such a karen karen this karen that i feel like becky is like her younger daughter or something like that and becky was on the scene first becky (laughs) becky is a pioneer yeah yeah and she was she was here with like for like a really long time so becky is like 
a common character, I'm going to call mm-hmm. her, in popular culture. And she represents a stereotype for a white girl. According to Dictionary.com, she is a stereotypical white girl. And this is going to sound very 2016, but who loves Uggs and pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> Uggs. Yeah, a classic, oh. right? Um, there's another definition of Becky, actually, too, which relates to the stereotypical white girl. But it's like this white girl who is unaware of her privilege and who isn't Ooh. concerned with race issues at all. Oh, Yeah. Becky. So an example of Becky being used in like this other type of connotation is in 2018, um, a white woman called the cops on a group of black people who were literally just chilling having a barbecue in their backyard and classic classic, they called the cops and um the cops showed up and like did nothing because they were just like they were just chilling (laughs) like they were like why are we here and they were like we don't know and people started tweeting about it and that's how the term barbecue becky started (laughs) to circulate on twitter and that's kind of also how like becky turned into this like version of a white girl who's like kind of a racist like mild Mm. racist and Mm -hmm. just like gets mad at people for existing and she was consequently excuse me consequently dragged on twitter as she should yeah yeah (laughs) fair enough (laughs) right and another key to the stereotype is that uh becky is completely unoriginal and mainstream and she's Mm -hmm. also like a valley girl type of situation yeah when i picture becky i think of like jersey shore girl for some reason that's what i think i think of like a trashy girl (laughs) trash and like a pencil dress you know yeah 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 Yeah, that's what that's what i think of to just like bitches at people i don't know forever and throughout history she's always like this blonde bitch from the valley and she always talks like that like (laughs) oh my god my god (laughs) becky She always be talking like that. So Becky really started taking off in like 2010 when musicians included her name more and more in songs and memes were used about Becky and she grows and she evolves beyond being racist (laughs) just into a stereotypical white girl. But I mean, we'll see where this journey is going to take us. Okay, so sit back and relax. Um, In 1992, (laughs) a long time ago, Becky was... First introduced to the world of pop culture by Sir Mix-a-Lot. In the beginning mm. of his famous song, Baby Got Back, Becky's friend is talking about a black woman's butt. And here is how <laughs> that goes. Wait. Oh my God, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guy's girlfriends. Mild racism. <laughs> yeah. They only talk to her. We're right on track with that. Like a total yeah. prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. That's how the song starts. And I did not know that until I looked it up yesterday. <laughs> well, me neither. Because I know this is a podcast and you couldn't see my facial expressions. <laughs> she was well, like, you're going through that shocked. Yeah. I was in shock. What? I know. They, I when they say the 1990s were a different time. It was they 1990, were right? A different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and oh, wow. a lot. Like, uh, he he was this he was a rapper and he comes in and he's just like i don't know he was he was doing something you know because he was just like, like you know what fuck these white bitches and fuck these like yeah. skinny cosmopolitan girls i yeah. like big butts and i cannot and lie I cannot and you lie. other brothers cannot deny go when home back in with an itty bitty wasted around <laughs> thing in your face you get sprung <laughs> yeah exactly so Jesus that was her i like how roots. i like how too it's not actually becky yeah, in that situation. it's Becky's friend. <laughs> it's, it's Becky's friend. Becky's friend. But Becky's we just blame no. it on Becky. Someone was just talking to Becky. Becky's just a bystander. Like, Becky. she she doesn't do anything, you know? She is, like, a guilty bystander, but she, Courtney, people just talk to her. That is an ongoing theme in this entire podcast section, is that, like, Becky, we never hear from Becky. <laughs> Who is Becky? What is her opinion? <laughs> 
she's just a bystander. You know Becky's what? Becky's friend that, is a piece of shit. We've determined bad, that. For sure. She's the instigator. So she's bad taste in friends. But Becky is doing nothing as well. Becky didn't say yeah. anything. Becky wasn't trying yeah. to stop anything. She was agreeing by not saying anything. You know, if you choose mm-hmm. not to decide, you still have made a choice, as yes. it has been said, as the famous proverb yes. goes. <laughs> um, so, um, it's just also within the song it's wild how much of the words they use um still have their moment today like he calls guys this is from the 19 1992 he calls men simps s-i-m-p and i was like oh wait a second i thought that that was like a gamer term i thought that was a recent thing that was just being a thing i thought that was like a kink thing oh really well the point is that it's it's been readapted for oh i'm thinking of something else (laughs) oh (laughs) all right no worries fine what were you thinking of subs oh <laughs> what <laughs> i spelled it out for you subs. anyways yeah the word <laughs> the word simp has been around for a while it's a little simpleton i guess it has been like it was simpleton and then it was shortened anyways so yeah becky is made she is created and she gets called out on twitter most for multiple reasons and then she shows up again in eminem's verse in a song called my band and y'all i feel like you guys are gonna like this one because it's actually pretty popular on tiktok right now so you might actually recognize it so i get on stage right drop the mic walk up to these hot chicks and i'm all like so ladies my name's slim shady i'm the lead singer d12 baby they're all like oh my god it's him becky oh my fucking god it's him i said oh my god you fucking rock please watch him please let me suck your cock no my so again it's becky's friend <laughs> oh my god did you hear that she he goes who she goes, is becky, she oh my fucking god it's really him <laughs> so becky? here becky Maybe is becky's mm-hmm. okay conspiracy theory sorry <gasps> love it becky's friend is karen oh she's just grown up she's been there all along <laughs> <laughs> holy shit i love that <laughs> um so yeah, here she is fangirling, presumably along with Miss Karen, maybe her friend. She's fangirling over Eminem. The music video, um, he's like looking super bored of them, and the two women um, are actually dr- uh, men dressed up as women, and they have the same vibe as the ones from the Baby Bop- Got Back music video. And it's like oh. this blonde girl and like this brunette girl, and I find that kind of extremely cool because he's directly referencing Sir Mix a lot, and it's even furthering Becky's narrative as a fangirl. It's make it's it's really adding to her character. You know, not only does does she hate people with big butts, presumably she's a bystander in that bullying situation, but also she's an annoying fangirl to Eminem, who he really could care less for. You know, mm. <laughs> adding to Becky's Becky. narrative. Yeah, I know. In 2009, Piles releases a song called Becky, and <laughs> literally just called <laughs> the song Becky, is called Becky. I yeah, I know, right? And it's um, it's describing a sexual act, um, and he says, "Give me that Becky," which refers to head. <laughs> so Becky gets turned into a sexual character. It's coming. There he goes. Give me that Becky. <laughs> and he's like, Becky, if you don't give me that Becky, you're not getting in the car and shit like that. So Becky gets turned into something else. Her character develops even more. Maybe now she is kind of a little bit of a roadie trying to get with these like famous popular rappers. Maybe Becky is now a victim of sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> the plot thickens. Doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> It's yeah. like a very nice way to talk to Becky. No, I know Becky's not. a piece of shit, but mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He is kind of uh, going in. You know, it was a different time. And then different in 2011, yeah. Becky is pushed even further and deeper into the pop culture, solidifying her place among a new generation with Drake's hit song, The Motto, a.k.a. YOLO. And the best part of the entire fucking song. You remember this song, right? That's the motto. YOLO, we bout it air day, air day. Everything. So the best part of this song is actually Lil Wayne's verse. No, no hate to Drake. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
cry. Don't, please don't cry. <laughs> and you guys are another again. Baby got back is solidified deeper into into um, mainstream media culture with this epic line. Look at her butt. Iconic. Literally brings back Baby Got Back to to just to the surface once again. Ten yeah. years later. I feel like that's how that's how I know about the Yeah, oh God, me Becky. too. I didn't know about the original <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it just shows up so many in so many different places. And that was solidifying it in another generation. And then it's like people who know music are like people who are really big fans of Drake or Lil Wayne or something would actually have done their research and would have been like, oh, Sir Mix-a-Lot did it first. And then they would have Mm -hmm. like really like Baby Got Back, whatever. Also, Baby Got Back was in Shrek, which I think is important to mention. It was also Um, in that fish movie. (laughs) Yeah. What was that fish movie called again? Magic Gills or something? Oh, what was that fish movie called? With the working at the car wash. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good movie. Fish Tales? Fish Scales? Okay, fish. I feel like it was fish tales. Fish. That sounds right. (laughs) Fish animation. Not Finding Nemo. (laughs) Shark Tale. Shark Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That was. That's what it was. Classic. So, um, now let's talk about quickly um, before we get back into music because Becky is pretty much popular like in music. But there Mm -hmm. was also this amazing moment in the Taylor Swift fandom in 2014 when someone released a picture of Taylor Swift before she was famous. And they were also mocking an anti-drug campaign at the time, which if you listen to the D.A.R.E. episode, you know that they were absolutely ridiculous. And they're like, (laughs) if you touch drugs, you will die. So it was mocking that sort of thing. It was this picture, it's this black and white photo of Taylor Swift when she was younger. Mm -hmm. And she's wearing like a princess tiara. Her hair is like straightened as fuck. It looks like it's her birthday in middle school. (laughs) And the caption is just like, this is a picture of my friend Becky. She used to be a happy, popular <laughs> girl until one night she snorted marijuana at a party. She died instantly. Please don't do marijuana. It's the most dangerous drug out there. Please don't wind up like Becky. <laughs> and someone comments. Poor Taylor Swift. Dude. I know. Someone replies, pretty sure that's Taylor Swift. <laughs> and the creator goes, no, it's Becky. <laughs> And then, in an absolutely genius PR twist of fate, a couple days later, Taylor Swift is paparazzied with this mustard yellow t-shirt that has the words, no, it's Becky, across the chest. And I remember when that first came out, I wanted one of those shirts so badly. I thought this was absolute marketing (laughs) PR genius. It's a shout out to the fans. It's a shout out to to the the haters, too. Yeah. She is, like, so good at just, like, clapbacks and being petty. And I love it so much. It's so good. She just owns it. And she just owns it for everything. And she kind of turned it into a little bit of a joke, which is the best thing to do in these types of Mm -hmm. situations when you're getting bullied. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, I don't know. Maybe it was a fan. On a global scale. (laughs) It was just funny. Yeah. Yeah. On Tumblr. I just thought it was so genius. So continuing down the timeline. Becky mm-hmm. has now been established as a privileged white girl, and it is even more solidified when Beyonce drops her 2016 song, Sorry. And after years of scandal with her husband, Jay-Z, she drops this song in her album, which hints that he's been cheating on her. With who? <gasps> Becky! Becky! <laughs> oh. I know. Okay. There it was. You better call Becky with the law with the good hair. Ouch. Also a comment on the media and like how people in the media see like black woman hair that where like mm. it's frizzy and curly and like beautiful as not being the ideal hair mm-hmm. type. Also kind of a comment on how Becky is a white girl because she's like the idealized mm-hmm. hair or whatever. So Beyonce just so many layers of meaning so many layers of just like so much shit going on i'm so angry that they're still together 
I can't believe it. And you know what? Like, like a Beyonce. year later, you they found out. Beyonce. On Beyonce. How? On Beyonce. And we actually never got to find out who Becky was because um, it was, well, first of all, it wasn't a good time for people named Becky because people were literally like the beyond the beehive. It was you. <laughs> I was going in. They thought it was Rita Ora. They thought it was like a bunch of other people. And um, the songwriter, so Beyonce didn't, or she wrote this song, but in uh, like help with somebody else. And the songwriter mm-hmm. actually came out to say that like Becky isn't real and that it was just like something to kind of say on the record or whatever so if you want to believe that you are totally free to (laughs) however i choose not to (laughs) isn't it confirmed that he cheated on her yes i think yeah i think it is confirmed i don't remember what really the whole story is but yeah they were in like a really hard place for two years before she dropped lemonade and then Mm -hmm. she dropped lemonade and in two songs on that album she directly is talking about like cheating and about Mm -hmm. like all this stuff and like you only want me when i'm not there call becky with the good hair like brah come on and then two years later a year later she was pregnant with twins and now they're better than ever apparently so whatever so is becky real is she not she's just an amalgamation for sure (laughs) she's just (laughs) this concept person call becky with the long hair still we don't hear anything from could you imagine if it was just actually someone named becky (laughs) just started off as becky just becky (laughs) becky's just getting so much hate (laughs) um and becky's um next and final appearance that i will be playing for you is in a more recent timeline um on tiktok there was this quick excerpt of this song created by champion xiii i'm sure that is a roman numeral but that i do not know how to say (laughs) (laughs) Um, so there's like this short excerpt released on tiktok it was fun and fresh people wanted the long version and people the becky hates restarts again in 2019 <laughs> let's go let's bring it back fuck becky <laughs> look, look i knew this bitch named becky, 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 becky. she let the talk real sexy nasty bitch i had to tell her she gon' stop yeah yeah Cause everybody know that she a thot fucking nasty bitch but- so if you hated becky before don't worry you're not alone this guy hates becky she's a nasty (laughs) bitch she's a thot i told her she'd go stop (laughs) and you know what that's on the heels of the becky and beyonce thing so maybe this guy was just mad on beyonce's behalf maybe you know and he was like yo fuck becky for sleeping with jay-z or something like that like you know he's a married man Beyonce. <laughs> so, also she might be amazing in bed. That song kind of seems to connotate to that a little bit too. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> Becky in the past. <laughs> now I know Becky's been through yeah. a lot. Um, so she was first. I know. I don't know. This is. I don't know if this is like directly where she came from, but this is where one of my sources was like, this is where Becky is originally like blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that that's true because basically she was a protagonist in this book uh, called Vanity Fair and it was a satire and it was published in 1847. And 1847? Was, yeah, apparently this is how far back Becky uh-uh. dates, but I don't believe it. I honestly think that it started with Baby Got Back. And I Me think too. That it you was, think he just like read a book from like the 1800s? I don't think like, so. Oh, Becky. <laughs> perfect she is a character for my song (laughs) yeah like what i think it just started in like in like his kind of culture and then and then maybe maybe he started it with his friends maybe sir mix a lot Mm -hmm. was like making jokes with his buddies one night and then they started calling someone a stereotypical white girl name yeah that's what it is totally totally so and no one is actually named becky yeah people are named rebecca His first name is Becky. <laughs> it's so easy to make fun of. Like, it's ingrained in our culture to be like, fucking Becky. <laughs> so this girl, this protagonist, Becky Sharp, she's a social climber who utilizes her many resources as her disposal. And her resources are her charm and her ability to seduce wealthy men to climb up the social ladder. She also you screws over the couple female friends that she has. Unfortunately, mm, she is not for the girlies, which maybe could be like, feeds into the Beyonce Becky reference where she was not for the girls when she was having sex with Jay-Z. Uh, yeah. So she used her name as like a woman who sleeps with married men, I guess. Anyways, 
That was apparently the roots of Becky. Um, however, you could take that with a grain of salt uh, because I mm-hmm. think it's much more of a contemporary thing than it was yeah. an 1847 thing. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's like a pop culture thing. It's not yes. like a literature thing. No. Uh, literature? Get out of here. We have our <laughs> own literature. It's called Baby Got Back. It's called rap music. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> so Becky's fame, I'm mean, sure, won't stop here. There's bound to be more instances in the future where people need to refer to a white girl (laughs) as a Becky. And now you know the cultural weight that the name also carries. Mm -hmm. And as kind of a closing point, we're nearing towards the end here. I also think it's very cool how like culture can inform names and turn them into something else. Like Becky is a little bit of an insult now. Yeah. But, you would, but you would never know that if you didn't, if you weren't involved in these areas of pop culture. Like mm-hmm. someone completely outside of, like this would kind be like, of thing. Hey, Becky. Yeah, What's up, they're Becky? like that's a pretty name. <laughs> they just have no idea. And it's also cool how it got carried forward into like twenty years, like going on going on mm-hmm. thirty in the mainstream. It makes me think about like the Karen and where will Karen be in 20 years? Is she still going to be called out? Is she still going to have the same issues? <laughs> Is Karen, Karen going to be mentioned in songs? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> and like, I know she's mentioned in TikToks right now, but I'm not 100% convinced that TikToks are going to withstand the test of time like music. So I think that Karen will need to be brought into pop in order yeah. to like stick around for a while like her daughter Becky did <laughs> slash her friend we don't know <laughs> we don't know yeah it'll be interesting to see where they um end up and will Becky ever learn to not be mildly racist bitch. I wonder <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wonder god Becky will she ever stop wearing Uggs and drinking pumpkin spice lattes or if we want to reframe that little part about the Uggs and the pumpkin spice lattes and about being basic in quotations Will people ever stop being mad at girls for liking Uggs at Starbucks? <laughs> I know. That's the other thing. Like, there's a little bit. Becky's a dick. Yeah. For sure. But there's also just a little sexism sprinkled just, in there. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Of course. Like, Becky starts <laughs> off as, like, this girl, you know, and obviously. How fictional, dare you like things? A girl woman. and you like things? Uh, how rude. You oh, should disgust- only like sex. You thought. Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. You wear comfy shoes and you like, ew. (laughs) Get out. Comfort? Get out. You enjoy a yummy drink? Ugh. What is wrong with you? I hate you. Go die. (laughs) (laughs) Becky. Will girls ever allow to be basic? To be basic? Maybe. Will they ever Being get left alone for liking Being basic is just following a trend. That's I know, all it that's is. That's the thing that kills me. I don't know. Because, like, <laughs> I, I'm not involved with, like, uh, young people culture anymore. Like, high schoolers. Mm-hmm. Because I know that was an issue in high school. Now, let me tell you. If you're in high school or elementary school right now, it gets better. Once you get older, people genuinely do <laughs> not care. care if you're basic or not. Like, there's nothing. Basic doesn't mean anything. Like, people on the internet that don't know you might care. But people in your life don't care. No. You can just like whatever you like. And, like, if they're really your friends, they're not going to be shit if you wear uggs <laughs> to starbucks no. Like, <laughs> no like they're just your friends because they're your friends anyways um so the term becky has now become an epithet which is a descriptive term occurring in place of a name that has in- entered common usage so mm-hmm. in our case the epithet is a name but some examples are alexander the great so the great would be the epithet attached to alexander um, but in other cases, you could just be like, for example, Lydia's a Becky. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you could use it, right? So this guy, Martin Manser, is a linguistics research- researcher. And he is saying that epithets have recently, in recent time, been taking on defamatory and abusive phrases. And it's actually <laughs> being used as a euphemism, which is a way of saying something polite in place of something taboo or offensive. So for mm-hmm. example, a meat packing company is a slaughterhouse or to be let go from your job mm. is to be fired from your job mm. or this was a good example staff member is a servant <laughs> final expenses funeral I costs it. i know right <laughs> final <laughs> expenses yeah apparently that's what people call like your final expenses like if you're putting together money for like your own funeral it's called your final expenses and that's like what funeral costs are and people just 
use these words to like smooth over uncomfortable and taboo topics um another example could be using the word effing or fudging instead of fuck Mm. i use effing all the time personal favorite of mine um or saying like you got laid or you hooked up instead of you know doing the deed still a euphemism six (laughs) six (laughs) so becky is used as a euphemism for a racist white girl sometimes Mm. out of uncomfortness sometimes she is just like the basic white girl we'll say sometimes Mm. she is the racist white girl she is a mixture of a lot of things (laughs) um she's just someone to blame she sure is she's just Escape I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Blame it all on Becky. A good scapegoat. So, yeah. yeah, in summary, Climate change, fucking Becky. Fucking Becky. Just not paying any attention. Just so privileged, goddammit. She's just so unaware. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what Becky's been up to. <laughs> that was... Can't I, wait. That was amazing. Like, I feel yeah, like I've always right? known about Becky, but, like, never knew why I knew about Becky. But, yeah, like, I just... Yeah, I get that, Like, right? oh, my God, Becky. Look at okay. her. But... but. <laughs> don't she right so cool but becky is like actually ingrained in our culture she's just been so many places man she's lived such a life she's been she's been shamed she's been she slept with jay-z yeah (laughs) she's been to an eminem concert (laughs) (laughs) she went backstage she met eminem maybe maybe she like passed out or something because i like the idea that i like this like plot line that we're actually we've never really heard from becky yeah <laughs> me too it's so good <laughs> becky has never spoken it's always becky's friend doing the talking yeah and, like, we or still somebody talking know. about becky yeah, but becky's never said a anything lot about becky we only know what's been said about her and what her friend has said in her presence but becky like becky is silent she is kind of fucking cool eh? <laughs> what a mystery i know <laughs> oh becky <laughs> uh, so yeah that's it That's all for Becky. That brings us to the end of the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. Good morning, good day, good evening. Have a great (laughs) rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Courtney's opinion on panic buying. And I hope you learned a little something about that. More preparation buying rather than panic buying. That's where we should be at. Constantly in a state of panic. And, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening to my uh, talk about Becky. Um, hope you learned some stuff about Becky too. Love her. Hate her. Let us know down below. <laughs> um, if you want to actually let us know, you can follow us on Instagram at very.unimportant.people. And you can also email us at hatersclickhere at gmail.com. And that's H-A-T-R-S click here at gmail.com that's where if you're a musician or you know someone you're who's a musician you can send your music to us and we'll play it on the podcast and um, you can also find us on twitter at the unimportant ppl and you can find us on patreon where you can pay to see a couple of extra videos well a lot of extra videos it's been piling up we're on episode 49 <laughs> so you have a lot of content for like very cheap and you support us and you support our work and like you know it feels great but even if you're listening we still appreciate you so thank you tuning in and being here and have a great day